It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching or listening. Hope you're doing all right today. And speaking of today, today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant. Located on beautiful St. Simons Island in the state of Georgia. Check out the website www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call 912-268-2328 912-268-2328 find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get a decent slice of pizza today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Sea Palms Resort also on St. Simon's Island Sea Palms uh, is your premier place to go when you want to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of going somewhere, how about uh, for August 25th and 26th when we'll be holding uh, the next Billy C. get-together uh, at the Sea Palms. We're going to have uh, some uh, uh, celebrities there, including former uh, world champions Bobby Chez and Mike Weaver. Uh, and then we'll uh, be adding some more, so stay tuned for that. Uh, as well as uh, a little golf tournament, uh, a meet-and-greet with some food, uh, we will be showing the circus known as uh, McGregor Mayweather, and we'll let you be part of uh, a filming of our next episode of Billy C's uh, Boxing Revisited. Uh, we'll be uh, showing that. So a lot of stuff going on. Don't miss it. Visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, and click on the Palms banner and uh, get your spot reserved today. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on a Planet is available right now. Right now, even while you're watching or listening to the show by visiting barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why uh, everybody's uh, loving this book. Find out why I'm so adamant uh, about getting uh, Tom Molino the recognition he deserves. Today's show. Yeah, well, coming up a little bit later, uh, we may have uh, Alex Papali stop by and give us his thoughts on uh, the circus. But today's topic uh, is simply this, you know, from a boxing fan perspective, and, and I'm looking at this from a boxing fan, you know, um, not an MMA fan, not a casual uh, contact sports fan, a boxing fan, a, a, a true boxing fan, like I consider myself and most of you guys that are watching or listening to this show. Let's look at uh, three major fights that are coming our way uh, in the very near future this year, as a matter of fact, uh, that we need to look forward to. One is Triple G against uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez. The other is uh, Anthony Joshua, my man, 
uh, going up against uh, Vladimir Klitschko for the rematch. It hasn't been uh, officially announced yet, but we all know it's going to be taking place sometime in November. And, of course, a fight taking place uh, sooner than later, Terrence Crawford against Julius uh, Indongo uh, for uh, a unification of the junior welterweight division. Three top-notch fights uh, that are real fights, and I say that with a capital R, real fights that uh, you really don't know the outcome. Uh, should I even say 50-50 fights? You know, Triple G Canelo, 50-50. You know, if you would have asked me this uh, six months ago, even a year, I would have said Triple G without a, without a doubt. Now, I'm not too sure. Anthony Joshua Klitschko, hey, in the first fight, both of them hit the deck, and uh, Anthony Joshua was on the verge of being knocked out himself, only to come back and knock out Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, in one of the most exciting heavyweight fights I can remember uh, in a very long time. And, of course, Ter uh, and of course Terrence Crawford, um, who's always exciting, a guy who can box and enjoys mixing it up uh, against a, a guy that doesn't get much credit. But, hey, Ndongo's got not one but two of the junior welterweight belt. So, uh, really, we got three major fights coming our way uh, that are all 50-50 fights. Joining me right now. The birthday boy, yeah, my man Sal Rocky Senecola, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Sal. Unbelievable. How'd you find that stat out? Oh, I, uh, little birdie told me, but I'll tell you why. You thought I forgot about you today when I, I didn't say you nothing. You Unbelievable. Know, you know, you're like uh, giving me hints and I'm just rolling right through and, uh, you know, happy I birthday. I trivia questions and you, you, I didn't think you got them right. I was yeah. saying, what fighter that made a comeback after 25 years, 63 days, birthday is tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, it has the initials SC, Santa Claus. Yeah, there and you go. One of the trivia questions, but you didn't give me the answer. I, uh, I tell you, I, and well, the answer was Jack Dempsey. It was, <laughs> but, oh, but it's but, not this time. But uh, no, I want to wish you a happy birthday. You finally hit 35. Uh, you know, it's a big milestone for you. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, I hope you uh, have a great day, my man. And uh, for all you guys watching and listening out there, drop Sal an email. And wish him a happy birthday because when he gets to be, when you get to be his age, you got to cherish everyone, right, Sal? Hey, yo. <laughs> Bill, every day is a journey in life, and that's what I love about life. That's a journey. It's a chapter. You write your autobiography every day. You develop a chapter. You open a chapter. You close a chapter. You start a new chapter. My life has been full of chapters. You know, I tell you. Right, we're, and we're still writing strong. I'll tell you what you've been full of. <laughs> But maybe, but maybe you should open up a book. Maybe read a chapter. You know, I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> hey, speaking of those coffee mugs, still gotta start my cup. Hey, I mean, my 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 book. Speaking of coffee mugs, uh, uh, got several inquiries uh, over the last week about obtaining one. So, uh, if anybody wants one of these custom made, uh, cutting up on Billy C mugs that Sal uh, uh, is stocking up on, uh, drop him an email. You can get his email address. Uh, up on our website, or you could just email me. Or hey, what is your email address? Sal the Pie Guy, right at Yahoo. Uh, no, at Gmail dot com. Oh. Now offered with or without glasses. Is it Gmail? I'm a Gmail guy. Yes, yeah. Sal the Pie Guy at Gmail dot com. That's the way you just read. Putting, that's I, the way you got. A, that's the way you got uh, at that first chat. What, what did you go to the same reading class as Floyd Mayweather or what? Come on, man. I, I, Come that on. was another. That was another stab by Conor McGregor about Floyd's reading. Hey, listen. Uh, uh, forget about them for a minute. But uh, the topic today, 
Three real fights. Three real fights coming up. Uh, Triple yes. G, Canelo. Uh, 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 we know it hasn't been officially announced, but Anthony Joshua against uh, Vladimir Klitschko. The rematch will be taking place sometime in November. It has to take place uh, before uh, the middle of December, I believe. So, And then, of course, uh, Terrence Crawford against uh, Indongo for the uh, uh, unification of the junior welterweight division. Uh, first time we've had uh, all those belts on the line. That, that event will actually be on ESPN. Uh, what's your thoughts on these three fights? Uh, as uh, you know, as we're uh, got to focus on real fights instead of uh, circus acts. Well, we do. I mean, a lot of it's just the rhetoric on this uh, circus act, if you will. But uh, you know, I'm right now in the immediate future. I I love summer and I like it to last for a long time. But man, I can't wait to see the Triple G Canelo Alvarez fight. I mean, that's that's the fight on my horizon that I'm very excited about. And uh, you know, you said it best before, Billy. You know, if this was a year, maybe a year and a half ago, in my mind, it wouldn't be a contest. I'd say Triple G will dominate and tear apart uh, Canelo Alvarez. However, you know, there are things that evolved and changed a little bit. And I think, uh, as you said, it's a 50-50 fight. I believe in my heart of hearts that I think Canelo Alvarez will uh, put on a great performance. And I think he'll do a lot of things that... uh, that we're gonna we're gonna be saying the wow factor about, but ultimately, it may not be pretty. But I do expect Triple G to rise to the occasion and still win this fight. Yeah, well, you know, um, that's just I my got, well, well, my tri- seat tri- of the let, pants kind of gut act instinct. Well, Triple G, wrong and tri- we'll find out. Triple G, uh, you know, he's been waiting for a big, big fight like this. And, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is, is I personally think that Triple G is the best ring general in, in the sport of boxing. And, and you know, that goes a long way uh, besides yes, just does. the, the active boxing. Because I believe that he controls the ring better than any fighter uh, controls the ring in the last decade at least. And that includes Floyd Mayweather. A lot of people think, you know, he's a ring general. And, and rightfully so, because... You know, here's a guy that that obviously uh, forces fighters to fight his fight. But Triple G kicks it up a a notch above that. And what I mean by that is Triple G has a tendency to be in the spot where his opponent is trying to get get away to. You know, like if if the corner says his opponent, hey, move to your right. Next thing you know, he moves to his right. Boom, Triple G's there there right there, you know. (laughs) And he says, okay, now I'll I'll tell you what, I'll change that. Move to your left. He goes to move to his left. Boom, Triple G's there. You know, Triple G uh, definitely does that. Now, I got to admit that in his last couple of fights, he's been uh, subpar, you know. But at times, you know, maybe, maybe, it's hard for for a guy, any fighter or any athlete that's at that's at such a high level to get up for a fight. Uh, in this case, for a fight that uh, isn't isn't really getting him motivated. But apparently, he's extremely motivated for this fight. He's already started his training, which obviously so has Canelo. Um, and uh, Triple G said, uh, "I quote: uh, Abel, meaning Abel Sanchez's trainer." has new ideas for this fight, exciting ideas, and I need to be my best to perform in the ring. I don't care about pound for pound. This is real. This is about being the champion of the world. The word exciting that he used seems to really spell it out for me 100%. He's excited about boxing again, 
and he's challenging himself with a guy in Canelo Alvarez that despite his age and despite his last couple of uh, performances, I think we will see uh, the best Triple G, or at least the best Triple G that's available uh, today. How much uh, do you feel that being excited and being into a fight transpires into a performance? Uh, Very much so, Bill. You hit it on the head. I mean, you're empowered, you're motivated, and you want to look good you want to be good you want to be flawless and 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 if you're not you're still good enough to go out and give it your best and and you know with his training there's no looking back you got to be relentless in training unyielding in battle and that's how i believe he's going to approach this fight and that's what i you know used to love to do and 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 see with the fervor and the excitement and the anticipation and that you're going to approach every fight like it's your first fight with the enthusiasm and also like it could be your last fight with the finality and, and, and the, there's the statement you want to leave in the game of boxing. So, you know, when you do those things and you approach it like it's your first fight and like it could be your last fight, you know what? There's no turning back. There's a, there is no tomorrow. This is what you do and this is how you do it. And you know what? Triple G, he may have looked subpar to what we're compared, uh, comparing his performance with his last two fights. But guess what? He was still in a ring with big, dominant, world-class fighters in their own right, champions. And, and he still managed to crush one eye socket and uh, break up, and that fighter's never going to be the same. And uh, he, he still outpointed and won a, a decision against a, a great, great boxer. So, you know... Let's let's let the cards be real and recognize that Triple G does what he has to do to win. He doesn't know what it's like to fail. And uh, I think he's going to dissect and inject. I like that, dissect and inject. Um, what he has to do to beat a Canelo Alvarez. And then on defense of Canelo Alvarez, Canelo Alvarez is also going to rise to the occasion. And he's going to put on a stellar performance. So this is going to be probably one of the greatest fights that we've seen in a long time. Well, you know, Canelo Alvarez, and I've said this, if I've said it once, I've said it almost as many times as your age and birthday since it's your birthday Yeah, 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 yeah. But the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter (laughs) is is this. Canelo Alvarez, although I like him, I I don't like the way, you know, he's become uh, kind of diva-ish, but uh, business, business, the way they say um, uh, the truth of the matter is, is that he's got a weakness that has not been corrected. And I think that that weakness is his shot at beating Triple G. And that weakness is he's not efficient and effective. I, I, let, let me rephrase it. I think he's more non-effective when he tries to land punches on the move. Now, granted, only great fighters that have uh, you know good footwork and, and hand speed uh, are effective on the move. Uh, but I believe that we've seen the fighters that can employ movement uh, into the game against Triple G are somewhat effective. And you know, obviously Daniel Jacobs uh, proved that. And Danny Jacobs, you know, has got some pop. So does Canelo. And Triple G was forced to respect him, and the end result was uh, he uh, stifled uh, Triple G's knockout streak. Canelo has his weakness of not being able to deliver his punches, at least effective punches, while he's on the move. He's got to lock, basically lock himself in front, 
plant his feet like a textbook stance and uh, and deliver his punches to be effective. When you look at uh, uh, any of uh, Canelo's fights, it's always been like that. He's effective when he's in the pocket. He's standing there. If you open up a, 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 the, the book of boxing and uh, you see the textbook stance of how to hold your hands, how to plant your feet, that's Canelo. He's there, you know, uh, and he lets his hands go and he's effective. But Triple G isn't the kind of fighter he's going to want to do that with, even though that's his strength, Canelo's strength. So I believe that the odds sway a little bit towards Triple G. Now, with that said, Canelo has improved. It seems that he's delivering his punches with even more power than he was. He's conditioned better. He's not running out of gas anymore. And the guy's got a lot of heart. And don't forget that he's got Ute on his side, Sal. He's, he's, he's definitely younger. Uh, so I I don't know, man. I don't know. Hold that thought. You know, it's that time again. But hold that thought because I, I want to continue with Triple G and Canelo uh, because it, it, not only can I wait for the fight, but it's a great matchup. Don't go anywhere. Sal, happy birthday. We'll be back in Thank two. you very much. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. That's my face. I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening. Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And speaking of being with us, don't forget, we want you to be with us on August 25th and 26th for the next Billy C. Get Together. It will be taking place at the Sea Palms Resort in St. Simons Island, Georgia. What are we doing? A lot of stuff, man. We're going to have some uh, celebs there. Like, how about former world champions Mike Weaver and Bobby Chez? We're going to have renowned trainer from Tampa, Sherman Henson. The infamous Jeremy C. is going to be there as well. And we will keep uh, uh, getting uh, more names for you. Uh, We'll be doing a little golf tournament. We'll be doing a meet and greet. We'll be showing the circus known as McGregor Mayweather. And we'll let you be part of uh, the next filming of our, our next episode of uh, Billy C's Boxing Revisited. All of that. Plus, we're going to truck on over to Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant so you guys could uh, cause havoc in there. We're having a great time. Make sure you visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, and click on the seat palms and uh, call them and uh, get all your uh, arrangements made. And speaking of Sal, Rocky Senecola, he's with me right now, and it's his birthday. Happy birthday, with- Sal. Finally Thank hit. You, Billy. Finally Thank hit. You, Billy. I, I can't believe I. You know. I hope. Oh God. Oh God. Sorry. I, you know. I hope. Uh, I hope I reach it to eighty-five years old one day. I, I hey, really easy, do. Easy, easy. I'm really making do. my comeback at eighty-five. So before we went to break, we were talking about Triple G and Canelo. Yes. And you know, Canelo. Um, you know, Canelo has has come uh, a long way, and and you know he's gotten better. I I, I mentioned he that he still has that that one weakness. But, you know, many people believe that Triple G has slipped a notch as well. Um, but I truly believe that this is a 50-50 fight, Sal. I mean, uh, I, you know, I, like I said in the beginning, I, I would have picked Triple G hands down if we were talking about this fight, uh, you know, six months, even a year ago. But now I'm not so sure. 
What do you think? I, I, you know, I think definitely that Canelo Alvarez is a different fighter, an improved fighter from when we saw him against Floyd Mayweather a couple of years ago. And uh, I think that uh, he is going to give everything he can give uh, to try to beat Triple G. And I don't think these fighters are going to have to look too hard to find each other. And that's what's going to be exciting. They're both stay-in-the-pocket exchange kind of fighters. And that's going to make this fight a one that, uh, by all, for all intents and purposes, may not see the last round. But um, I, uh, like I said all along, I think Canelo Alvarez is going to do a great job. I think he's going to prove he's worthy of this uh, opportunity. And I think they're both going to earn their money. But I do think that in the end, uh, Triple G shall prevail. I think his experience, his thunderous punches, I think his way of, of as you said earlier, cutting off the ring and uh, dictating his fight, not fighting uh, Canelo's fight, I think is going to be a big factor. I, I just see him throwing these thunderous punches that Canelo has not been really used to receiving from uh, an opponent at this time, and, and that's what's going to happen. I really feel it. Yeah, well, I... Uh... I feel I feel Triple G is going to win. I feel Triple G is going to win, and uh, I'd like to see the Las Vegas odds as we get closer to this fight. I know they're still changing on the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor situation, but uh, hey, you know what? It is what it is. This is a real fight we're talking about: Canelo Alvarez and Triple G, and it's going to be one of the biggest fights of this year. And well, I'm very excited about it. So another big, you know, f- another I, big. I think. F- Go ahead, finish. No. I think that uh, I think we're going to look at the pure boxing fans, the purists out there, and the real boxing fans uh, uh, swarm to see this fight as a record uh, uh, attention getter. Because, uh, like I said, when we were discussing this fight with or farce with Conor McGregor, this is better for MMA than it is for boxing. MMA needs this fight more than boxing needs this fight. And uh, MMA is going to benefit from this fight more than boxing is going to benefit from this fight. Boxing doesn't benefit from this fight. No, boxing doesn't benefit from this fight at all. As a matter of fact, no. it hurts boxing. That's it, it back. Sets it, it, it back. It hurts it big time. You know, and uh, it, it's a farce that that it was even approved. The Nevada State Athletic Commission uh, should be ashamed. They've lost all credibility in my eyes uh, for uh, sanctioning this fight. But anyway. Uh, you know, I want to go back to uh, you know. Let's. I don't want to talk about that. But how do we get on that? About, let's talk about real fights. Yeah, let's we're talk talking about, about real, real fights. Fights that are significant Tri- fights. Triple G and Canelo, and then the the next one I was talking about was uh, Anthony Joshua against Vladimir Klitschko, the rematch. I mean, who could argue that the uh, Klitschko uh, AJ fight the first time around wasn't the most one of the mo- one of the most exciting uh, heavyweight fights? Uh, in uh, in a long time, I mean, it would be hard to uh, uh, to argue that, you know, and and you know, I, I would expect nothing less. You know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, if uh, Anthony Joshua makes any adjustments in terms of uh, being able to go a full twelve rounds without running out of gas. Uh, does he jump all over uh, Vladimir Klitschko early? Does Klitschko jump all over uh, Anthony Joshua, seeing that he did have him in trouble? Uh, the first time around, Klitschko did seem to want to bring him into deep waters. The plan almost worked for him, uh, but the young gun and his power uh, prevailed. You know, uh, I think that both camps 
uh, could make uh, some some uh, slight adjustments to have a better performance. And how great is that for the sport of boxing if AJ Klitschko 2 comes out to be a better fight than the first one? Well, as long as it doesn't come out to be like a Ward Kovalev second one. <laughs> well, yeah, I, you know what? I, 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 first of all, that's not going <laughs> to... I'll tell you why that would never happen. Because, you know, you're dealing, you're dealing with two guys that are class acts. Um, yes, Klitschko, Klitschko is a guy that, that uh, constantly wants and, and strives for the best deals he can get. He's a very uh, good businessman and a hard negotiator. But at the end of the day, you know, he's a real guy. Andre Ward is a diva, thinks he's bigger than he is, and he's not that big because no one's even heard of him. And, and as far as uh, Sergey Kovalev, he turned out to be just a bully big mouth that doesn't back anything up. And that's not going to be the case with Anthony Joshua and Klitschko. And the reason is because they don't put their necks on the chopping block. They don't make promises that they can't keep. They don't deliver packages that weren't supposed to be delivered. I don't know. Maybe I went too far with that one. But anyway, you get my point, Sal. <laughs> I got the drift and I got the point. And, and no, I know that. I just threw that out because uh, it was there for the taking. But the bottom line is, no, this is going to be a, a good fight. And, uh, you know, it's so funny because we were talking about this during the fight. I mean, as far as what the likelihood of a rematch might be. And, you know, if it was, uh, we thought if it was just going to go to a decision, it would validate a rematch. But ending in a knockout, we, we had to sell it to ourselves. And, you know, it's it's going to be something that the fans are still going to want to see because it did, uh, like I said, going into that eighth round, Billy C, I had the fight a draw, pretty much a draw. and uh, Or maybe Kovalev up one point. I forgot. I got to look at my old scorecard. But I think it was pretty much an even fight going into that eighth. No, going into the ninth round, and uh, of course after that, I think uh, I gave Joshua the ninth and the tenth, and ultimately the eleventh was too far uh, for him to recover after after those shots. You meant one thing you said to do you, that you, you said Kovalev, but you meant Klitschko, right? I meant Klitschko. Right. Okay. And, and sorry, no, no, I, I know, I know, but you know, some of these, uh, some of these boxing fans are, you know, they jump all over you when you make a mistake. But uh, the I truth know. of the matter is, is uh, yeah, we both had the fight uh, even going in. I, I'm looking forward to that one, and of course, um, Terence Crawford against Indongo. Indongo yes. uh, is uh, a fighter that's got two belts, and Terence Crawford's got two belts. That equals four, and they're all going to be on the line. And, uh, you know, it'll be the first uh, full unification fight in, in any weight class in quite some time with the four major sanctioning bodies uh, all involved. And this is, we touched on it a little bit yesterday, but this is the type of, of thing that you want to see from fighters uh, to clean out a division before they move up. You know, too often today, uh, fighters are forced to move up and, or, you know, for whatever reason, whether there's more money at a, at, or lucrative fights up at a higher weight class, but, you know, even fans, oh, they should move up. Well, you know, until they clean out a division, what have they accomplished? You know, I, I mean, you know, we're losing sight of what this sport, what the prize is. The prize is, you know, dominating your opponent, dominating your division. You know, it used to be obtaining a world title, but now, you know, uh, we get world titles like a, a kid gets a, a, a participation co uh, trophy in, uh, in Little League. You know, so, I mean, uh, the value of the titles have diminished. But at the end of the day, if you dominate your division and you fight everyone that's available to you in your division and beat them all, 
that's cleaning up a division. Then you move up and seek out other challenges in a division above. That is what it appears uh, that uh, uh, Terrence Crawford will do and, and uh, if he wins. and Or Indongo, same situation. They're both in the same situation. Obviously, Indongo is the underdog here. But, uh, but I think Terrence Crawford is one of those special kinds of fighters. Uh, not only uh, does he uh, you know, display the boxing skill, uh, the sweet science, if you will, but he also uh, loves to exchange, and he breaks down his opponents. Then he's right in that pocket, and he's an entertaining guy to watch, Sal. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great fight. Like I said, we're gonna we're gonna have a we've had a good year of boxing, good solid fights this year so far, and I think we're going to finish out the year. And you forgot to mention one other fight that I think will occur before the end of the year, whether we know it or not. I think it's probably being discussed right now, and uh, I think one of the best ways to close out the year with a signature might be closing out a career would be a rematch between Manny Pacquiao and Jeff Horn. Well, you know, that fight is going to take place. Uh, it appears that, uh, um, you know, Manny Pacquiao uh, wants that fight. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wait and see what, uh, uh, what happens with that. It, it looks like uh, that's going to definitely uh, take place. And speaking of which, um, you know, we were talking about, uh, uh, well, that fight. I, I got some stuff to just add to the, about the Joshua uh, Klitschko rematch first before we take a break. Well, no, Pacquiao, Jeff Horn, I, I got some updates as well. But um, as far as Anthony Joshua and Klitschko, there's rumor that that fight could end up in Las Vegas. And, you know, the thing that I kind of, I mean, as much as I would like to see the fight here in the States, I think we would lose some of the factors that made the first fight so great. And that was the fact that there was 90,000 people in attendance to watch it live in London. You know, I thought that that brought something to the fight. And, and I would like to see that again, to be honest with you. I don't know if I'd want to see it in Vegas. You know, when they move to these smaller venues, what that means is they're shooting for the dollars with the pay-per-view. But as far as the excitement level, how can you type how can you type uh, ninety thousand people uh, in in you know live? No, it's hard to beat that, Bill. And uh, like I said, there will be trade-offs if they do bring in here to the states. And you know, it will well obviously it's going to be Anthony Joshua fighting away from his backyard. And uh, you know, hopefully we'll have three international judges, and we'll see if not that it's going to even go to the scorecards, but. Uh, you know, it's going to be uh, it, it'd be it'd be good to see. I could see Vegas uh, doing this kind of fight and and uh, holding it up to uh, where it deserves to be in upper ranks. And I think the fans out there will turn out and will be boisterous and will be passionate about seeing their guy win. And I think there'll be a huge contingency of people from uh, Great Britain that would be coming over to watch uh, Anthony Joshua fight and. Uh, so you'll you'll see there'll be some good action and from the from the fans as well as from the fighters, no doubt. Hey Sal, hold that thought. Uh, we are going to take uh, another short break here, like we uh, okay. are required to. So uh, don't go nowhere. Uh, we will uh, be back in about two. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> That's my face. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back. 
interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, don't forget, August 25th, 26th, Billy C Boxing event. Check it out. Uh, make your uh, reservations now. Visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Sea Palms uh, banner. And uh, make sure you come on down and join us. We're going to have a great time. Uh, we got some emails to read, Sal. Ready? Okay. And, and don't and don't forget how you never forget that name of the resort. Sea Palms. Sea Palms. I said Sea okay. Palms. Sea you know. Palms. I know. Well, you can never forget well, it. Why don't C you? Why don't you? Why don't you? Uh, why don't you suggest <laughs> them changing their logo uh, to your uh, dirty the, old the hands? Yeah. Why should we keep the logo? On it? Well, I don't. You know what? I, well, we won't talk about that. Go it ahead. It is Sal's birthday today, so uh, you know, send all so, the, the the presents and checks and everything to me, and I'll make sure that I get them to him. <laughs> just make out the checks to me, allocate and I will uh, I will make sure I he gets them. Just just send cash to me, and I'll make sure Sal gets a, a portion of it. You know, but uh, anyway, uh, hey, wait wait. <laughs> As a manager, you're allowed thirty three and a third. <laughs> yeah, but what about but, but but then I'll put my promoter hat. On and I'll and get another, another thirty-three, twenty-five. Yeah, and your trainer. Yeah, then I'll throw that hat on. I got a whole box of hats. You, you'll be lucky. You'll be owing me money. Come on, that's the <laughs> way like it works. <laughs> and and if you if you're watching Sal drink uh, out of one of his custom Billy C mugs, uh, you too can own one. Uh, just drop Sal an email and he'll be glad to uh, get one out. He's got a whole uh, inventory full of them, custom made. They're all different. Uh, but uh, anyway. Uh, Jeremy C wants one of those, man. Uh, you know, we, I mean, we also we have we also have the sparring partner version, yeah. which if I could hollow his head, we could drink out of the skull. Yeah, that's a pretty good concept, huh? Yeah, that's that's a good one. That that, that <laughs> that'll get people into <laughs> yeah, boxing. Yeah, that's far. that that's a good that's a good one. But uh, anyway, we got some emails. This was first one is from uh, Jesse, and uh, uh, you know. Uh, you know, uh, here's Jeremy C. Speaking of Jeremy C., he's in the, I chat, room. In the chat room. He's in the I, chat room. He's telling me before. not to roll my eyes as I'm reading him because I, I get, you know, when the camera's on, I, I forget, you know, when I read something, I'm like, oh, yeah, all okay, you know. But uh, Jeremy C., uh, you know, he has a way of uh, getting himself heard. So uh, he says, uh, uh, referring to the McGregor Mayweather farce. He says it's going to be the best mat boxing match of all time, not even close. But I think it's going to be a good uh, fight, and it's going to be huge and entertaining as hell. Um, you know, the 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 truth uh, uh, the truth of the matter is, you know, I, listen, Jeremy C is an important part of this show uh, as a producer, a knowledgeable guy, uh, one of the best, the best, as far as I'm concerned. But the truth of the matter is. He don't know a left hook from a fish hook. So, I mean, as far as his boxing opinions, they're worth zilch. They're worth nothing. The best fight. Come on, man. All he's happy about, listen, he's a Howard Stern fan. So he watches these pressers, and he sees it as a Howard Stern finagling smokescreen BS. You know, I, I happen to have glanced at some of it yesterday with the, uh, it, it's all set up. It's all set up. Everything is set up. It's pr I, I swear, you know, he Mayweather leaves his little bag there uh, when he wraps himself in the Irish flag. So 
McGregor can go over and show that there's only five grand cash in there. You know, he goes over to Steve. The best thing that Conor McGregor did was that he goes over and starts going, well, look at this weaselly looking. He's talking about Steven Espinosa. And listen, Steven Espinosa, the big wig of, of, of Showtime, I, he's got that look that, you know, ladies with children, and they see him, they just grab onto their kid, you know. I, he looks like <laughs> a, 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 a very bad type of a Be guy. Careful. Let's Be just careful. say that. He does. Be and, uh, you know, he's yeah. another guy that doesn't know a left hook. from uh, Jeremy C. knows more about boxing than Steven Espinosa. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a circus, and it doesn't surprise me that Jeremy uh, is liking it. But, uh, anyway. Let's read uh, uh, an email from a, a boxing fan. My man right. Jesse says, Hey, Billy C. and Sal. Uh, what's your thoughts on Roger Gutierrez, who fights uh, this Friday on Estrella TV? Um, you know, uh, Gutierrez is a 22-year-old 20, junior lightweight. He's undefeated, 15-0 and 0 with a draw with 12 knockouts. Uh, he's only fought 43 total rounds in those 16 fights. Uh, he's five foot nine. Here's the stat on him. He's fighting uh, Rene Alvarado, Alvarado. And uh, when you look at, uh, uh, when you look at uh, his uh, uh, record, and uh, you know, I'm talking about Gutierrez, um, of his 16 fights, only four, four were against guys with winning records. And of those four, one guy had a 31 and 29 and four record, so he's barely a winning record. And the other guy was one and zero. The only other two was a five and three guy, and by far the best record on his whole uh, resume of sixteen fights was a seven and one guy. And by the way, his draw was against an zero and one fighter. You get you got sixteen fights and only four against winning opposition. He's in a real fight Friday night, Jesse. He's taking on Rene Alvarado. Uh, you know, although uh, uh, Alvarado has lost. Uh, four of his last seven fights he's been in there with some tough tough opposition uh he too is uh not that old he's in his late 20s uh been around uh i was uh, ringside uh, for his fight against gamboa and uh, a lot of people thought that uh uh he uh, should have gotten the nod in that fight despite losing a unanimous decision uh i i can't see uh gutierrez they call him the kid i can't see him beating alvarez i i uh, alvarado i'm sorry i can't see him beating renee alvarado i i if he does it'll be a huge step up in opposition i think this is a tough fight for roger gutierrez um now we'll be breaking down and giving you our official official predictions tomorrow but uh renee alvarado uh is going to be a tough hill uh for uh uh, Gutierrez to climb. He says, uh, will the Ivan uh, Baranchek uh, against Keenan Smith fight be a good one? Will it be entertaining? Uh, do you think that card is considered good? Um, you know, that fight is a, I think it'll be entertaining. Um, you know, Baranchek is 16 and 0. He's 24 years old. He's ranked number 34 by the computer. His last six fights have all been against uh, above average uh, opposition or at least good opposition. Uh, when he steps in there with Keenan Smith, he's 11-0, similar in age, 26. But the computer has him substantially uh, lower in the rankings, have him at 106. Um, and he's uh, he's fought more of a carefully selected group of fighters. And that's typically what you have nowadays with the American fighters. 
You know, the fighters that come in from outside the U.S. are tougher, stronger, better. They face better opposition. And we've gotten calculated, carefully moved, you know, kid glove type fighters. Uh, will it be a good fight? I think it's going to be a good fight for Baroncheck. That's what I think. But uh, interesting uh, email. What do you think, Sal? Yeah, I think it's a very good email. Very good email. Way to go. Very good. Very good. Very good email. Very good. Uh, very I hope good Sal email. listened. I hope Sal listened to some of it. That's all I, you know. I did. I listened to all of it. You know, uh, you know. But uh, uh, anyway, um, another email here. This one's from uh, my man Mitch. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., there's only one A-side on this fight. He's referring to Mayweather-McGregor. He says, uh, this is the first time Mayweather has been the B-side since the De La Hoya fight. The A-side, it's not McGregor, it's the IRS. He says, sorry, <laughs> Floyd, you're <laughs> the B-side in this Floyd. one. And he goes on to I'm say, Floyd, it was released yesterday, Floyd has another $7.2 million tax lien from his 2010 taxes on file, uh, which has been reported. Uh, and this is in addition uh, to the uh, 20-something million he owes for uh, the 2015. Uh, Team Mayweather, Sal, says that it's better for them to, to drag their feet and pay the penalties and interest because of all the investments and the capital they're making uh, on those investments versus the IRS. My attitude on that is you don't want the IRS in, in you know uh, in your uh, uh, in your face. I I disagree with that. What's your thoughts? Well, it depends. I mean, you've got income tax and you've got capital gains tax. You got a lot of tax coming out of this bite. And uh, the bottom line is, we don't know his investment portfolio. We don't know what he's doing as far as taking income versus capital gains and a hundred percent of this and that and everything else. So, I I hope and I would think that I think that he would be amassing a team of strong accountants, maybe even former IRS uh, accountants, and uh, trying to formulate the best route to drive down as far as uh, buying some time, waiting for this fight, waiting for the pay, and allocating the monies accordingly. So, you know what? Maybe he's better off right now biting a bullet and just taking some penalties and taking some interest accruing and uh, taking care of it right after this fight. That would be that would be it, uh, at least till October 15th at the... Uh, the last, uh, the last of the year, the last quarter. So I think, uh, I think he should settle all debts by October fifteenth. Make that his goal, and uh, and and uh, and square away. I, I see that being a good goal. That's the. If I was his, if I was his advisor. The end of October is the third quarter. Before well, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying is October fifteenth. That would be the time to make this thing happen and make it real and make it good. Yes. Well, if, uh, you know, the same thing's going to listen. If you follow his, you know, MO with, with the tax problems, and it goes all the way back to, to 2000 or 2001, he's done the same thing over and over and over. You know, uh, he drags his feet and uh, he doesn't pay. You know, I, my, my problem with this is that, uh, okay, Floyd Mayweather is a lot like. Donald Trump, President Trump. And what I mean by this is that P President Trump, the knock on him, well, many knocks, but one of the knocks on him is that this is a guy that was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. This was a guy that nobody's ever said no to. This is a guy that's not used to having people disagree with him because he's surrounded by yes men. 
And he's lived his whole life as that. Now he's in a position of the president of the United States, and he's wondering why people aren't jumping and, you know, washing his feet and uh, listening to everything he says and agree with him. And that's the biggest problem that Donald Trump has. Well, guess what? Floyd Mayweather is the exact same. Floyd Mayweather, contrary to what he tries to make it seem like he came from the streets, he was born. He, no, he did not. Floyd Mayweather was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. In case y'all forgot. Uh-oh. Another, <laughs> another uh, uh, you know, reference to. Freudian. Uh, no, another <laughs> reference to uh, Roy Jones's song. In case y'all forgot. Roy um, Mayweather, his father, despite having his own demons with alcohol and drugs, was a pretty successful fighter. And as a matter of fact, I think that if there was a time machine and you could go back and put Floyd Mayweather Sr. against Floyd Mayweather Jr., both in their prime in the ring, Floyd Mayweather Sr. kicks his ass because Floyd Mayweather <laughs> Sr. had the same defensive skill. But guess what? He had more pop in his hands than Floyd does, than Junior does. So, uh, you know, and he was a good, he wasn't a good father, but he was a good provider. So Floyd never did without as a kid, all right? And then once Floyd made it uh, on his own and became Money Mayweather, he too, like Donald Trump, is surrounded by yes men. Nobody says no to Floyd. Floyd says you do this and they go yes, 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 because they're getting all their money. So finally, you got a guy that uh, is dealing with IRS issues and he feels that he doesn't have to pay the IRS on time like the rest of us does, that he's better off than, than the rest of us are, that he doesn't have to abide by the same rules that the rest of us do. You could see, we're not allowed to beat up women. Floyd thinks he can. We're not allowed to beat up pimply face security guards. Floyd thinks he can. Floyd thinks he can do whatever he wants. And unfortunately, Governing situations like the Nevada State Athletic Commission, let him get away with it. So, no, the situation that we see with Floyd and his tax problems aren't going to go away. As a matter of fact, at the end of the day, the IRS is going to be the first person, first group, first guy, whatever you want to look at, to beat Floyd Mayweather. I'm telling you, that's going to happen. Floyd Mayweather uh, is not going to uh, live out his life in the luxury that he is now, Sal. He's going to end up broke just like the rest of them. Well, you know what? You make a good case for that. I mean, you know, many times what a lot of fighters make the mistake of doing is living the lifestyle that they can and they afford to do while they're accruing their masses of wealth during their money-producing years. And later on, if unless they have another opportunity to parlay their success into uh, a, a money-making situation, it's not going to last. It's going to dissipate faster than they can imagine, and uh, they're going to wind up having uh, to declare bankruptcy and, and look for other ways to make income. It's, it's a shame. But now is the time he needs to start really looking, and he should have been all along, of what to put away for the days when he's not going to be fighting. Well, the other thing, the other thing too, and again, I speak from experience, unfortunately. <laughs> um, the other thing, too, uh, is the fact that... Uh, you know, once the IRS is, is latched onto you, they're like a pit bull. They don't let go. And, you know, with the simple fact that even assuming Floyd pays it off, which he will, um, they're going to keep flagging him. They're going to keep looking at him. They're going to keep, you know, having Floyd Mayweather and all of his financial situations, his investments, etc., uh, under the microscope. 
And, you know, if I'm Floyd, I don't want them looking at me. I want to be left alone. If I'm Floyd, I pay a, 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 a good accountant to make sure that all my taxes are paid on time and I have them off my back. You know, but if Floyd was smart, he would do that. But that's the thing. He's not smart. He's not. You know, everybody thinks he is, but he's not. You know, I, I hate to say it, but it's the truth, Sal. Well, you know what? Hopefully you can learn by this. And that's why I said uh, make that date, October 15th. That's a good date to shoot for. Have all your ducks in a row. Have your team amassed and settled and uh, and go forward from there. But settle up all all uh, obligations to the IRS and uh, whoever else you owe uh, October 15th. And then go from there. Start a clean slate. And they'll let them do it. You know, once they're paid, they will give him an opportunity. They'll look and they'll flag him, uh, you know, if, they, if he uh, gives them reason to. But, uh, you know, he can start clean. But he's got to have the team that's going to help him. Um, jumping uh, out of the Floyd BS, uh, you know, we were talking about, uh, you mentioned uh, Manny Pacquiao with the rematch of Jeff Horn. And, and I was just saying how, uh, Klitschko, Anthony Joshua too might be held in Vegas or at least they're looking at Vegas uh, venues to, to bid on it well the uh, promoter one of the promoters of, of Jeff Horn because obviously uh, Bob Arum has got a, his claws into Jeff Horn now um, Dean uh, Lonergan um, uh, Lonergan I'm sorry Lonergan <laughs> but uh, anyway uh, he's looking at putting it in a smaller venue as well. Uh, if you recall, the uh, outdoor arena that they were in uh, seated uh, almost 53,000. And uh, they're looking at uh, uh, at another uh, arena, but this time an indoor arena that seats substantially less, more than uh, 14, uh, less than 15,000. I, I think that the game plan here is pretty obvious. Um, they're going for the pay-per-view buys, you know, uh, limit the, uh, you know, live uh, uh, opportunities and focus on pay-per-view, cash in more. Plus, uh, like Floyd Mayweather's fights, uh, he always goes to a small venue, but the ticket prices are much higher. So, you know, they're looking at that, that end. But what I think they miss is the excitement value. I disagree with Bob Arum saying that, all the uh, Filipino fans for Manny Pacquiao were quiet when he landed punches and all the Jeff Horns fans were going crazy when he threw a punch. Uh, I, I don't know if I believe that, but the truth of the matter is there's nothing like watching a fight, let alone being at a fight where you have an audience, you know, 50,000 people or 90,000 for the uh, uh, AJ Klitschko fight. I mean, come on, man. You know, uh, that has to add to it. And to tell you the truth, as a fighter, I would think that the fighters would rather uh, be fighting in front of a, a huge uh, vocal crowd as well. That's why the fights overseas in Europe uh, are so much better because they draw live audiences, whereas here in the United States, we're more inclined to you know, sit home uh, uh, and uh, eat and drink on the couch while we watch a pay-per-view. That's so true. And, you know, they sold that fight with us uh you know, for free on ESPN, and uh, you know now we we might be more likely to buy it and um, and see it for a rematch. And uh, I think I think as a business standpoint, it's good strategy. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you think what's a good strategy? That they have them in a smaller venue? I, I like the bigger venues because of the well, excitement Well, I, I like value. the bigger venues, and I like the live audience, yeah. But, but uh, I mean, for them to to look at all the variables going into this rematch, if they if they put it together, you know, having a, having a more of a likelihood of uh, pay-per-view uh, numbers because they sold uh, the excitement level on the first fight. Maybe some people would be willing to spend it on pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, not having to count on the live gate as much uh, for this and, and, you know, keeping it at a, a happy medium. I mean, they should have at least, uh, at least uh, 15,000, 25,000 people there. Yeah, but you know. fifteen, twenty thousand, even twenty five thousand is nowhere near ninety thousand or fifty five. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. But it, it would still raise the excitement level to a degree. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. It's not. You know, I don't have anything to say to do about it. But, but I'm just giving the trade off. If they're going to go to pay per view, they could cut the crowd in half a little bit because they're not counting on the live gate as much and. Uh, you know, they're being approached from a business standpoint. That's all. No, I, I totally get it. I mean, I, I'm just saying, you know, once again, why, why does, out of all the sports, why does the boxing fan get fleeced the most? I, I, think about it. You know, the well, boxing fan is the only sports fan that has to pay for, for everything that's above and beyond. They, they don't get anything really uh, for free. The free fights are usually not that great, although we are starting to buck that trend. You know, we're forced to put uh, things in, in uh, like we're talking about now, in smaller venues uh, so it benefits the bottom line and the fan loses the opportunity if they wanted to to go see live. What, why is it that boxing fans get fleeced the most and and this sport, boxing, has has the most issues. I, I I don't understand it, and why they keep going back for more. I I don't know. Well, because you know we have we have in boxing, what makes it so unique is the idea. It's a combat sport. You've got your favorite fighters that you're uh, attracted to. You can uh, live vicariously through however you want to identify your connection with them. Getting in the ring and putting it on the line against another opponent. And because of this, not being set up in a stadium format or so, it's not like a league. It's not like a, a giant stadium, a Yankee stadium, where they're going to have a set thing and go up. They see what they're going to do. So it's always subject to so many different variables for each fight to be in its own right unique. Yeah, well, you know what? At the end of the day, uh, you know, it's all about the Benjis. So uh, it is, you know. it is that. You know, don't ever, ever, ever think that there's nothing more to fighting other than. I mean, it's a business to run, and you have to have a successful business. So they're going to look at every venue of how we can maximize the dollars to not only pay the fighters, pay the promotion, pay the. You know, there's so many people, so many hands, so many things they got to do. So. They have to look at it as a profitable business standpoint. That's it. Right. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's all about themselves. Uh, they're not it's thinking trade about, the, they're not thinking about the fans. You know, uh, uh, other sports Absolutely. have a tendency to put value in the fans because, after all, the fans are the ones paying. Well, you know? they are. They are. And that's just it. And they know that the fans will keep coming back to the well because that's what fans do. We love boxing. Yeah, but, we, but, we, but, we... but here's the counterpoint. In, yes. in other sports, like football, 
and baseball and basketball. You create lifelong fans. A kid is born and he becomes a fan because dad and mom or whatever are fans. You know, and, and very rarely do they jump ship and become another fan. It happens, but very rarely. Boxing's not like that. We don't create lifelong fans anymore. Those lifelong fans are gone. And why should they be lifelong fans when the product is not what it used to be? You know, so, I mean, so you rely on one or two uh, fighters to, to pick up a fan base and then hope that that fan base stays with the sport after that fighter retires? That's why we lose the numbers, Sal. It's, you know, well, it's I, I mean, true, you know, Bill. come on. It's a, it's a good analogy you made. And, you know, hopefully, you know, what, what happens is we, we, like I said, we have our favorite fighters that we, we seem to identify ourselves with or we attach ourselves to. And, uh, you know, a fighter's career is just a few short years. And hopefully, you know, when that one's going out, there's another one coming up that you could uh, say, hey, I'll follow this guy. I'll follow that guy. It has to do with just the traditions and just, uh, you know, f having fight fans attach themselves to significant fighters that that uh, that they can uh, uh, continue to ride. It's uh, jumping from one horse to another. But that's what keeps the, the boxing spirit, the boxing fan alive into the game of boxing because they keep finding the fighters that they can identify with that they like that they they see them best best suited for and they want to root in so it, it it all starts from the fight base we got to have the boxers we have to have the fighters evolve at the beast of the superstars that will continue to uh uh keep the fans attracted to the game yeah well hey listen we're gonna take a short break when we come back Alex Papali is going to join us. So uh, uh, you're going to still be here. We're going to keep you both together. So uh, he wants to talk. He's got some, he's got some opinions on the circus. So uh, we're going to give him a, a chance to talk about that. So don't go nowhere. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching The Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, speaking of being with us, he's chomping at the bit. Yesterday, uh, we did our blast from the past uh, with uh, Floyd Patterson, that is. And uh, we ran out of time. But Alex Perpali wanted so much to give his thoughts on what we're calling the circus of the century. Joining Sal and myself right now is the man, Alex Propali. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, good morning, Alex. Gentlemen, it's great to be with you. Well, good. Uh, tell us, what's your thoughts on this uh, fight, I guess, or uh, circus, or, or uh, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor? I know Jeremy C. is having some fun with it, and I think a lot of people are. It is, it, I will admit, the uh, press conferences are entertaining, probably a hundred times more entertaining than the actual fight will be. But what's your take on all this? 
I think you're absolutely right there. I think this is the this this week right here uh, is what people should really enjoy because um, first of all, it's free. Um, second of all, uh, it's going to be more entertaining and more competitive uh, than um, the actual fight, and it's it's realer, if you will. Uh, I think the thing there's a few things here. One, uh, I. I, I I do have. I want to talk about politics because you opened the door by you making the Trump comparison, and you know me. I uh, definitely want to walk through it um, because I, I think there is this. I think this fight really is fake news, um, and I think that one of the things about the uh, the press conference is that that's why they're so entertaining is because. Um, they are spontaneous to some degree, even though it's set up. The thing about boxing that makes it worth watching and so different than wrestling is that it's uh, the theater of the unexpected, as Larry Merchant calls it. It's unfolding in front of you. It's a competition. It's not scripted. Uh, that's why it's so wrong when we get decisions like we did in that Robert Easter uh, Shavikov fight recently, where you had one judge that might, uh, two judges rather, that uh, might as well filled it out before by giving every single round to Easter. It's like they didn't watch what was happening. Uh, the thing about this fight, all the sense of competition is removed from it, and the sense of unexpected is removed or reduced so small that um, it's not worth watching uh, because it, it's going to be literally dominated. It is unfair, the advantage that Mayweather has. It's, uh, it's a money grab. As you say, Billy C., it's shim-sham. Uh, it really is. They should enjoy the show this week with the press conferences because they are fun. But uh, if you're going to put down money for this, I, I think you're going to be... Uh, uh, you're going to be disappointed because he's going to beat him, beat the hell out of him. I, I really think that to some, the, the idea that he won't knock him out, I think, is people are wrongheaded. When a guy is out of gas, he's real easy to knock out, and this guy is painfully out of get, painfully out of gas. Uh, you're right, and uh, that's what I've been saying all along. Uh, but I did talk to a. Uh, uh, MMA fan yesterday who knows uh, a lot about Conor McGregor follows has followed his whole career in MMA and, and I said well what's the longest fight he's ever been in and he told me 25 minutes which was a five round you know five minutes per round fight and he went on to you know this is an MMA fan and this is who's going to be buying these fights fellas the MMA Absolutely. fans um, and he's going well you know uh, do, don't you realize that when you're in a, a wrestling type move, leg locked, and Alex, you and I, you and I uh, called a fight one time. We remember they, we're, the first time we have a takedown. These two guys are laying in front of us, locked together, yeah. and and it was like we both looked at each other like, uh, what do we say now? I mean, you know, you know, yeah, you know, what are we exactly watching here? But uh, but 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 the funny thing is, is he's telling me that it 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 takes more energy to do that than it does to box. So. You know, maybe maybe the assumption that McGregor's going to run out of gas is, is uh, you know, premature. Yeah, you know, it could be. It could be that it's a good... I, I really don't watch it, so I really have no uh, um, uh, frame of reference. Uh, and people, yes, sure, if you want to be critical of my opinion, you absolutely... You, you That's a legitimate 
criticism. I, I really have no frame of reference. Uh, I don't think it's really needed in this situation uh, in, the, in the sense that this is a guy who is, he is being forced to comply for the rules of our sport. So everything, the only things he's bringing in are the, the what they call striking um, punches. He doesn't know anywhere near the uh, the things that uh, Floyd Mayweather does uh, to, to uh, you know to, to exist in the ring. Uh, that was one of the things that was sort of um, uh, pathetic, actually, in the press conference, and where it was, you know, like you said, I, I could make those political connections because Floyd's literally lying right there in front of our face. There was a point in the L.A. press conference. Where, uh, where he said, you know, I'll take him anywhere. I'll take him in the ring. I'll take him in the octagon. I'll take him with uh, eight-ounce gloves. I'll take him with four-ounce gloves. And Conor McGregor said, you know that's not true. And we all know it's not true. It's, it's pretend. Uh, he, he's just saying he would do that. But we know that the rules are very, very uh, hard and fast for this fight, and they completely are tilted in Mayweather's favor. Uh, it's it's sort of unfortunate in that sense. It's as much as the MMA fans are. I don't know. I mean, I, if you try to even there's so much outrage about this these days that it's funny when there's even outrage about the outrage. Uh, and you saw that when De La Hoya was talking about, you know, he was really upset how this fight sort of um, this fight, this event torpedoes the pay-per-view, you know, the ability to pay for another pay-per-view uh, in September, a legitimate one, um, you know, and he aired that gripe session uh, at one of the press conferences for, or, or you know, for his uh, Canelo Triple G, and Lou DiBella really defended um, Mayweather McGregor, and you know, hey, if you want to see, but I think that's the thing about it, is that it's it's being paid for the people that want to see it are May are uh, McGregor fans, sure. and they it, I feel bad for them because they buy into this idea that he can knock Floyd out um, just by catching him magically. You know, I mean, yeah, Floyd might look a little slower, um, his reflex might be a little dulled, but from what I saw Jim Lampley talk about McGregor's style, and I guess they did uh, do get some CompuBox numbers on a few of his MMA fights. And, of course, Jim Lampley loves that CompuBox, so he talks about them in the interview. And the rate that, um, uh, what's-his-face, McGregor throws punches, um, in order, we know, in order to beat Floyd, you got to overwhelm that offense. You got to throw a lot of punches. You got to crowd him. You got to pressure him, like Maidana did, like uh, Jose Luis Castillo did. Um, that's not even McGregor's mo. Billy C. He's a, he's a counter puncher. He throw he waits for guys. He fights like Floyd, except he's a southpaw. Uh, so this is going to be dull as hell. It's going to be two guys looking at each other and waiting for it, uh, waiting for each other to make moves. McGregor will eventually have to take the initiative because, you know, that's just in his nature. That's what his fans will be urging him to do. And he's just going to walk into punches. He'll knock himself out. Floyd is going to easily, easily pummel him. You know, Sal, when we've talked about this, but 
I, the only chance that McGregor has is to run across that ring and show as much respect for Floyd as he's showing in these uh, circus press uh, conferences. Because if he does try to counterpunch or even even show any kind of boxing ability, he's going to be made stupid. He needs to, to go in there and, and fight like a Marcos Maidana, just like Floyd is expecting. I mean, I don't think that McGregor is going to be able to bring in anything that Floyd isn't expecting. And that's, you know, when you add that to the mix and you add that to all everything in Floyd's favor and anybody that believes that Floyd would fight him in an octagon, fight him here, fight him, Floyd has made a whole career out of a smokescreen. People will believe that he's great, that he's the best ever, all this stuff. He's successful at creating smokescreens. It's true, and uh, we know this. And uh, But like I said, the only chance, I, McGregor's got to make this a one-round fight if he's going to do anything. And we said he's going to have to wade through a barrage at the, end, at the start of the bell, boom, literally run, rush over. There's nothing in the boxing rules that said you can't do that. And use his hands, use his elbows, use what he's got to do to just keep uh, Mayweather in the corner, just pound on anything he can hit above the waist. That's it. That's the only way he's going to have a standing chance. Because I, I, I saw this guy over a month ago in the ring sparring with a with a with a sparring partner nobody really well known and the guy just kept tagging and popping his head with jabs and and hooks and everything else it was it was a, it was a disgusting display whether that was something released purposefully uh purposely uh to to get the excitement level or whatever else i don't know but mcgregor looked like a lost fish in a in a big pond well you know uh, let's just say this alex the bottom line is that, uh, you know, what it appears to me, and I know you didn't watch the one from yesterday, and I saw clips of it, because and Dax is going to go uh, to the one in the city. Um, but the truth of the matter is, that's New York City for all you guys, that uh, when we refer to the city, it's city, New York City. The city. But, uh, the but anyway, um, the truth of the matter is, is that to me it seems this is all choreographed. You know, they're each taking their turns. They're each bebopping around. This is so WWE. Uh, the, my man coach in the chat room has mentioned that, that Floyd Mayweather's WWE for two years now. And it's so true. You know, when you look at that bag, he conveniently leaves it right on the podium. You know, if, if I had a bag with $20 in it, I probably would know where the hell it was at all times, let alone 5Gs. You know, I mean, it was, it's all predetermined. It's all planned. You know, for Conor McGregor to go over and start dissing the whole Mayweather family and all that. I mean, you know, you know and, and the only thing that's missing is the, you know, hold me back. Hold me back. You know, that, you know that, let me fight now. You know, that the only thing that's missing is Papa Mayweather diving and, and attacking uh, Conor McGregor. I mean, if you notice... With all the insults being slung back and forth, there's a lot of smiles going on. You know, it's all in fun for these guys. They're all laughing their way, just like Mayweather said, all the way to the bank. They're all making $100 million. And you know who's being made the fools of? You know who's being made the fools of, boys and girls? Us. Is this a trick question? The boxing fans. <laughs> we're being made the fools because guys like me are talking about it today. Guys like you are commenting on it. It's, it's come on. They've won already. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think they did in a way, but I think I, I think the the idea that you you know 
criticize it and raise legitimate uh, gripes with it and put those ideas out there as well is the way to sort of fight against it. However, uh, you know, to, to what DeBella's point was in, uh, you know, his like rant against De La Hoya uh, and, and any, uh, you know, people who have the nerve to discount the fight, uh, the fight, um, that, uh, what do you care? You know, uh, it's interesting. You know, it's one of those things where boxing wins because uh, it'll bring new eyes to it. You know, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, and, and, you know, but again, I'm not against it. I'm just not interested. For me, it's not that surprising because I, I think it's very mainstream. And most mainstream things in the culture uh, are, are garbage. Um, you know, it's, and they, they polish up a turd and you're being sold a turd. And that's exactly what this fight is. Uh, I do think that McGregor, you know, is a legitimate athlete. I don't mean to sell him short in that sense, but he's competing in a sport in which he never has against one of the very best of the last 25 years. And that's, you know, it's just so arrogant to think that you could step across uh, and, and do it, and, you know, compete with the likes of a Floyd Mayweather. And not only that, but... Um, I think it, 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 the idea that striking is the same thing as boxing, uh, I just think that's wrongheaded. We've already seen what happens when boxing and MMA collide uh, in a very good way, I think, in the sense of Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm. Uh, I think that's where the women are ahead of the men, in a sense, because uh, Holly Holm went into uh, MMA and competed, competed with those rules and uh, destroyed Ronda Rousey, one of their, who was, you know, they thought un unbeatable. There, it was their Mike Tyson. Uh, so I think to, uh, you know, to answer that bigger question, which I think is interesting, but I think if Conor McGregor was allowed to use MMA tactics, that would make this fight a little more interesting. I'd want to see it then. And I think Floyd could still beat him because I believe in my sport. Um, but, uh, you know, we're not going to see that. So that, that's to me why I'm not interested. Uh, but it doesn't surprise me that, that, you know, something that everybody's looking at uh, is, um, is, is garbage because I think we do that a lot in our culture. First of all, Holly Holm went into MMA and competed for several fights before she got the big uh, before she got the big fight so she kind of earned her spot that's first of all you know second of all if this fight was at all uh you know combined with boxing and MMA Floyd wouldn't stand a chance Floyd wouldn't stand a chance with any young gun fighter out there I don't know. I think I still would put my money I, I would still because the thing about boxing is in terms of distance He's going to have to cross that distance to get to Floyd. Uh, and Floyd would be able to pick him off on his way in. Now, I don't know. Once he grabbed hold of him, then, you know, who knows what happens. Um, but, it's yeah, over. I, I think <laughs> right, that right. the fact that a boxer is so good in with distance um, in any fight, I, I favor that. And reaction time. Well, listen, my, my man John Carlo told me a long time ago, 
that, uh, you know, you put a guy in with, uh, you know, mixed martial arts background in with a pure boxer and the boxer will win every time. So you have a point there. But my, my point is, is that Floyd doesn't challenge himself and hasn't for a decade. You oh, know, I agree. And, and I agree. this fight, that, and that, that's the thing about this fight that's also pathetic, Billy. See, is that you're you're absolutely right. It's 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 a repetition, uh, and it's the same guy who's pulling a shim sham. Because I really feel like the uh, the fact that the Mayweather Pacquiao fight stunk so bad was his fault because he forced it to wait so long so that the bloom was off the fight. Then he fought a safety first way. And they took, they made so much money off of us, and uh, they're doing the same thing with this, and and that in the sense that it's not good for boxing at all. It's good for Floyd Mayweather. Well, True. it's it, the you know who the biggest, you know who the the biggest black eye is in, in this whole event, aside from the fans that are actually thinking it's going to be a competitive fight, including Jeremy C, is the Nevada State Athletic Commission. For, for letting it happen and count as a real fight. Sal, you and I have talked about this many times. We both agree that if this was a an exhibition, neither one of us, and I don't think anybody, would have a problem with it. I really don't. And as a matter of no. fact, the money still would have been made. The pay-per-view still would have been done. They still could have had real fights on the card. The problem I have with this fight is simply the fact that it's counting as a real fight. That's a, that, that is just, you might as well just give them the W and call it a day. And, by the way, I can't stand that the uh, majority of the fans look at the 49-0 as if Mayweather is the very first guy to reach 49-0. And we all know that this, the significance of that was in the heavyweight division. We all know that there's been many fighters who have surpassed 49-0 and then subsequently have lost. We don't know if Floyd Mayweather is going to end his career after this 50th win. By the sounds of it, he's going to need to continue fighting to pay his IRS debts. Yeah. He could pick up his 51st if, uh, fighting Manny Pacquiao. You know, or or Jeff Horn. <laughs> Maybe he'll well, go after Horn. That would be the best thing about this is that if it leads to Floyd saying, hey, I'm going to fight one more time and I'm going to fight Keith Thurman or I'm going to fight Errol Spence, that would be absolutely wonderful. It would be, but it's not going to happen. You're right. It's not going to happen. No, I mean, I would love it to, to happen because I think those guys are, are the top of the uh, charts right now in those divisions, in that division. Uh, just like I always say, Alex, and you've heard me because, uh, you know, I keep drilling into Billy, and I know it's not going to happen, but I like to have fun with Billy. I would love to see Floyd Mayweather up in the ring with Triple G and Canelo Alvarez saying, I want the winner. You know, that, that'll be a hell of a fight. But And here's why I keep bringing it up, Bill. Because if Floyd Mayweather is the elitist that we think he is, he's already beaten Canelo Alvarez, so he thinks he has his number. And he does have a style that he may be able to avoid and evade uh, a lot of uh, Triple G's onslaught. So, you know, he may really feel in his heart of hearts he could beat both these fighters. I doubt he's ever going to rise to that occasion, though, and challenge himself because that's been the whole problem. If you listen to Floyd Mayweather, he he criticizes he other to, fighters right? 
for not fighting the big fights like him. He criticizes other fights. He basically has a totally different, whether he believes it or not, he tries to sell a totally different image of himself and his career than what the facts suggest. He's a guy that says he's fought the best. He says he's the best ever. He says it in even in this, this circus act. He's saying, I'm the best. 21 years, you know, this and that. You know, uh, number 48 was my biggest victory. He's referring to the Pacquiao fight, which is was actually the biggest anticlimactic fight of his career. You know, so, I, I mean, come on. The guy has been able to twist it around. And the, the saddest part is that his most loyal fans are the dumbest because they all buy into it. They, it's sad. It's sad. And then I get criticized for criticizing him. You know, I, I mean, come on. Well, I think that's the thing about it that is, uh, you know, that is frustrating is that it does, especially to the boxing purist, or you, in some ways you don't really have to be a boxing purist. You just have to be somebody who really loves boxing above other sports. Um, I guess in a way that is what a purist is. Uh, but uh, I, I do think that there's a few things that are obscene or a bit obscene here. One is that, Boxing is incredibly dangerous. They are sort of scoffing at that in the sense that this guy is a sacrificial lamb. Uh, he has he this is his pro debut and he's going in there with uh, one of the best fighters of a generation. That is something that Nevada should be embarrassed about um, because that's you know potentially life-threatening. Um, at the same time, it's so farcical, the fact that, uh, you know, the idea that this guy has a chance um, and the fact that Floyd might even just play with him like a, a, a mouse, to uh, like a, mou a cat toying with a mouse, uh, that it won't be. It'll be exceptionally nonviolent. Um, but I don't think so. I think Floyd's going to uh, put the screws to him. Um, and that's, you know, he's... He's going into this with just this blind, he thinks he's going to knock him out in four rounds. I mean, that's kind of comical. Uh, and the way that, uh, the way they, um, uh, you know, are packaging it, they had in, in the L.A. press conference at least, I guess they changed, uh, I think it was Brian Custer at the Toronto one. I haven't watched that one yet. But at the uh, L.A. press conference, it was Mauro Ronaldo. Uh, well, I told you never to mention. I told you never to mention his name on this show. Moreover, Nalo, that bum. He's he's and, fitting. He's fitting to be in that in that whole circus. Absolutely, yeah. He was perfect for it, you know. And I don't have anything against him personally. Uh, yeah. Hey, maybe he's a nice guy, whatever. But uh, his style so. just is really grating. Um, but uh, they also have a guy, the MMA analyst they have, and I'm sorry I didn't get his name, but he is like a, a Kellyanne Conway of, um, of this fight because uh, no matter what reality says, he's acting as if um, McGregor has this very big chance. Uh, and I, I think that uh, it's unfortunate just because it does distract. Uh, if boxing uh, is going to survive... Um, it needs attention of casuals. Uh, so the idea that there's so many eyes going to this when there, no, there might not be as many eyes going to our sport that is having a sensational year, that is uh, a little frustrating. But again, it doesn't surprise me. You know, Look at how well Adam Sandler movies do. 
Uh, mainstream stuff is garbage. Uh, and this fight is about as mainstream as it gets. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, the funny thing is, is Showtime, you know, they're trying to make it look like it's a real fight only because they, they're the ones in a position to lose the most money because of the guaranteed monies that they've already given uh, McGregor slash UFC and, uh, and Floyd Fayweather. You know, so, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I thought it was comical watching Paulie Malignaggi trying to give a technical explanation of how each fight, what each fighter has to do to win. And, and I mean, the truth of the matter is, is it's pretty simple, really. I mean, to, to break it down from a technical aspect, it's pretty simple. Floyd Mayweather, he has to do what Floyd Mayweather does. You know, he's going to have to, you know, run and, and, uh, and you know, pick his shots and, and use the whole length of the ring, which is probably going to be about a 50-foot ring that he got put in. And uh, he's going to wait until Conor McGregor is out of gas, and then he's going to go in for the kill. Uh, Conor McGregor, on the other hand, has to treat him with no respect and go in there and hope to pray that uh, he lands a lucky punch or even that maybe Floyd trips on his way out when the bell sounds and knocks himself out because uh, that's the only chance, I think, that that uh, McGregor has. Will I watch it? Yeah, because I'm going to be in St. Simons uh, doing our event, and uh, I'll be watching it and praying uh, with everyone else with our vigil that, uh, that Conor lands the lucky shot. <laughs> well, if he and if he does, it's going to be within the first three rounds. If it's not, forget about it. It's over. Yeah, I I, I tell you, I'll be watching uh, Kodo Kamagai that night. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it could very well be uh, the last time we see Miguel Cotto in the ring, uh, and that's a pretty good matchup. Um, but uh, I do think that um, uh, I am interested. I will watch the, uh, the replay. I will be probably checking Twitter to see what happens. Uh, I don't think I'm going to risk going on the uh, stream for it, though. For what? I, I mean, I would never do that. I would never do that. No, <laughs> not illegally. <laughs> but uh, anyway, hey, uh, Alex, I appreciate you uh, stopping by and uh, give us, giving us your thoughts on the uh, uh, on the uh, circus. But uh, before we let you go, uh, we do have, uh, all kidding aside, we do have three really big fights uh, to keep our eyes focused on. Of course, uh, Triple G Canelo. Uh, Anthony Joshua, Vladimir Klitschko rematch, uh, and of course uh, uh, the unification of the uh, junior welterweight division uh, between uh, uh, Terence Crawford and uh, Indongo. Uh, all three fights that really you could make a case that are all 50-50 fights, and uh, you know this is what boxing needs. We certainly don't need the circus act. And as uh, as much as you know, everyone has a right to make as much money as they possibly can whenever they want and however they want. Uh, make no mistake, and, and this is what I think bothers me the most. You know, you hear we mention those three fights. Those are real fights. Those are, those are actual boxing events. And when you look at McGregor Mayweather, it, it's a circus, and yet, you know, the nature of the beast of how we are uh, in today's world, it's garnering uh, more, uh, more interest, and, and that's kind of sad. It's, it, it is, but hey, it happens. Uh, one thing that uh, I am really looking forward to this weekend is um, not only the new Planet of the Apes movie, but uh, <laughs> the um, Joe Smith Jr. versus Sullivan Barrera fight. That is going to be really good Saturday night. It's amazing how good light heavyweights are these days, uh, and that fight is going to be a good fight, and that whole uh, card on HBO is going to be good. 
Yeah, you know that Good card. Point. That card uh, um, is uh, is pretty good. It's uncharacteristic of HBO uh, to do a card with those level fighters, let alone a triple header. So uh, maybe maybe things times are changing for this whole sport and the networks. Maybe. Maybe. All right, guys. Alex, we'll talk to you soon, my man. All right, guys. Take care. Take care, Alex. Have a good day. Always a pleasure, Alex. Thank that, you. That's uh, Alex Perpali, and uh, he's uh, uh, given us his uh, opinions on the circus uh, that we uh, so uh, so rightly uh, called uh, with the uh, uh, with the Mayweather uh, McGregor uh, fight. So uh, anyway, I'm trying to get uh, my man. You're still on the line, right, Sal? I guess not. Uh, we will uh, get Sal back here in a second. I thought we had him on the line, but uh, uh, now we got uh, my man uh, back on the line. But, uh, yeah, we're not going to take a break here, Sal. Uh, we're going to go uh, straight through. Uh, good uh, thoughts. Uh, you know, I wanted to give Alex a chance to give us his thoughts on the circus, man. Well, he did a good job doing that, and I think uh... – you know, he was right on track, right on line, and shares the uh, same ideas and belief of what we th we see. I mean, and, and I always say, if this was a reverse role, if Floyd Mayweather was going to step into the octagon or into the MMA arena, what do you think would happen? Exactly. He'd be destroyed. And uh, so why do really do many people think that, uh, that this is going to be any different coming into this world? Well, the, the only the only difference between the two is, you know, should Conor McGregor uh, land that lucky shot? Yes. He's going to be uh, forever remembered. And, and the historical, uh, you know, repercussions and, and historical aspect of it will be etched in stone. And Mayweather could have done the same. Mayweather could have, uh, you know, put his place in history by, by being a guy that was ex as successful as he was in boxing and come on over to the MMA world and beat Conor McGregor at his own game. I mean, you know, immortal in a sense. Uh, but Mayweather has chose, like he always does, to have everything in his favor. His argument, well, I'm the A side. People want to see me. So I get to, it's my baseball I get to pitch. And, um, you know, people accept that now. You know, this wouldn't have worked 20 years or more ago. Wouldn't have worked. Uh, the fan base wouldn't have accepted it. Today's fan base does. And, hey, is they uh, people are here out to make money. So they're going to they're gonna push it as far as they can, Sal. Absolutely. It's a business. It always has been. And that's what they're betting on right now. And this is going to generate a lot of dollars. You're going to have a lot of people. And like I said, you're going to see more MMA fans buy this up. And uh, hopefully we're going to see a lot of boxing fans saving their money to buy what's going to be a real real fight. And that's Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. This is true. Hey, listen, everybody, uh, make sure that uh, uh, you, stick, you uh, stop by tomorrow because Sal and I are going to be talking about all the fights that are on uh, uh, TV uh, this weekend. There's certainly uh, a lot of them. And uh, we'll be uh, giving you our thoughts and predictions on them. And uh, we don't want you to miss it. So uh, do yourselves a favor and make sure that you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby. <laughs> Dan <laughs> <laughs>